Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Truth Revival. My name is Roman Hamilton. This is season two, episode 10. With me today, we got a full house. We got Mr. Nationwide. Mm. <laughs> Paul Chapman. Listen, I'm feeling old today. Are you? Yeah. I remember when Darby was baby. <laughs> uh, well, he... <laughs> He just a little feller now. I mean, little six foot ten and full of muscle. Look <laughs> at him. <laughs> but uh, we got um, in the house today. We got Paul Chapman, and we also have Mister Bob Hampton. Bob, how you doing today? Doing great. Feel blessed to be here. Thank you very much All for right. having me. All right, and also we've got Mister Darby Phrase Tiny yeah. over there. <laughs> It's good to be here, man. I've listened to this podcast a bunch. Uh, every Tuesday when it drops, you know, I'm at work and got my earbuds in and, and listening to it. So it's really uh, kind of, I guess you say, starstruck of being here with you two guys. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so. I love it. We've been getting some really, really good feedback from the show. And, Paul, we're coming up on about the one-year yeah, anniversary. No. Yeah, I was at Walmart the other night, and people were talking to me about it. I'm like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you know, we're, so. we're starting to build some momentum, and yep. and I'm very thankful. But what we start when we started out Truth Revival, it was for days like today to get men of God together and talk about truth, bring light into the darkness, to bring hope and inspiration. And if there's ever two men that I've met in the ministry that are on the front lines, it's Bob Hampton and Darby Phrase. So, um, Bob, I'm just going to let you briefly share um, a little bit of uh, about the Straightway Ministry, and you know, just just share your heart. But tell the audience about Straightway a little bit about you, and um, and then we're going to get into uh, the topic after we hear from Darby. So, uh, go ahead. Okay, Straightway Ministry was we founded it in 2016. Uh, it is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps men from prison and the county jails uh, get their life together uh, that's had drug and alcohol issues and a lot of most of the time they also have had a lot of criminal activity and it's mostly been caused by the drugs and being addicted to drugs so everybody that I'd say if they express a desire to have their life changed by following Jesus, we want to give every one of them opportunity to do so. So this past year, we have actually moved from a facility from Madisonville that had 17 beds to our new facility in Athens that will hold 40, oh, wow. 40 people. Man. And as it goes, uh, we get the guys jobs. First thing we do. Uh, we get them working, uh, and then we also provide all the transportation to to work and back from work, to and from. And uh, of course, we 
the facility has got everything they need. We we feed them three meals a day, so they're all getting fat, <laughs> eating good, and uh, we have many classes. Uh, this is the thing that I really uh, am, am proud of the Lord about what He's done since we moved to Athens, because we have so much more help. We have uh, we have some uh, a group from Chattanooga that comes up on Mondays, uh, usually depending on the schedule, but they come up, we have two classes a day, the same class. We'll have some in the morning, and then we'll have some in the evening. But this can be anything from, of course, it's all <laughs> biblically based, but even if it's money management, uh, it's all based on the Bible. Uh, we have uh, anger management. Uh, we have parenting classes available. Uh, we're just doing so many things that we couldn't do before, that we're really blessed with that. Of course, we have AA NA meetings. Uh, we have uh, different speakers coming on on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and we we also uh, have my old director, where I went through a rehab and graduated in December two thousand eleven. C. W. Young from uh, Athens. Oh, I know C. W. Been a long time. You know, yeah. <laughs> used to work with him some. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to frame houses, and I wired a few that he'd framed. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I hadn't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, that's C. W. Yeah. And uh, you know he's getting a little older now, but he really. Uh, and he puts his heart and soul into it, and uh, and I know he's a he knows a lot about it because I learned a lot from him. Yeah, and uh, he's big in the twelve step process, so he's helping the transformation project along with running AA and NA meetings, and then for whatever else we might need him to do, he's always there. So he's a good mentor. Yeah. Now, Bob, you're <coughs> in the ministry. You're doing a great thing. Um, as you're expanding and as you're getting, I mean, obviously the ministry's growing. Would you say it's getting easier as you get more men into the program? Well, it, I wouldn't say it's getting easier. Because um, <laughs> I, I, can, I can read your eyes right now. Yeah. And as you're talking about that, Darby, I don't know why I thought of a notorious B.I.G. song. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> more money, more problems. Yeah. Hey, thought, that's what Timothy says. He, Paul tells Timothy, hey, more money, more problems. But, but, but I yeah. thought to myself, you know, like, the more men you get, the more problems you're going to have. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to you're gonna unpack a lot of things with these men, and you don't always necessarily know what you're getting into. And so you're on the front lines of it, right, Bob? That's and, true. And would you be able to maybe estimate how many men have came through the straightway program so far? Wow. That's a good one. Uh I would say two, three hundred at least, mm. or, more, hundred? or more, or wow, more. That's good. Yeah. Wonderful. And the hope is that those men have been equipped and hopefully showed a better way, transformed by the, in, in the likeness and the image of Christ. Amen. So, so those men should now hopefully be out in the community as godly fathers and husbands. And men who love and fear the Lord. I mean, that's the hope in the prayer, right? Exactly right. Um, I was thinking about a passage um, in, in in Luke where Jesus told Peter, he said, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. And that's what's happening to men in our homes today. Satan desires to sift those men and cut them down. But ministries like Straightway are there to bring restoration and hope. So, Bob, thank you for that. Now, Darby... <clears throat> Hey, Rome, can I ask oh, one question okay, yeah, real quick? Uh, Bob, so do you actually go into the jail and deal with these guys, or do you deal with them more uh, 
once they get released. How, how do you how do you meet up with these guys? Well, they usually uh, they'll fill out our applications, uh-huh. and then uh, once I get the application and, and read over it, uh, then then I'll set an appointment to go down and see them. Okay, I don't always get to see them. But I also work closely with the the lawyers, and we do a lot with the public defender's office and private okay. lawyers also. And uh, when when they express a desire to want to get help, generally that's how it starts. I have a lot of people calling me thinking that I can just call the court and do this or right. that. You know, they think, well, if you'll accept me, I'll get in. I said, no. All I can do is accept you, but it's still up to the, the lawyer to present it to the district attorney's office who then – uh, they have to agree on it, and then they take it to the judge. Okay. And one thing real fast, uh, I'd have to say, and this is what a lot of people don't uh, recognize or it might be hard for them to believe, but actually the guys with the more serious crimes do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're, I guess, because uh, some are court-ordered, some want to come on their own, but uh, the ones with the more serious crimes, and I'll use uh, community corrections as, a, uh, as an example, Community corrections is like the last step of any type. It's like uh, uh, probation on steroids, right? And yeah. uh, so, real intense, right? <laughs> and and so that is what uh, the, the guys we get from there. I mean, they do they, they do great. Yeah. Uh, but if they come in on a misdemeanor, uh, it's you would think, well, he's just uh, done a little bit of something. This guy here's done something pretty uh, excessive, uh, bigger crime. Uh, but they seem to do better. That's that's funny that uh, you say that that the the more you know the more heinous crimes or whatever do better. You know the scripture tells us he that is forgiven much loveth much. Ooh. And uh, so come on, talk to me. I, <laughs> I, I, I want I, I wanted to ask that question because the Lord's just kind of moving and talking to me over here a little bit. So we have Bob that gets some. Uh, once they show an interest to say, "Hey, I've made this profession. I want to do. I want to come out," and then and they surround them, and they love on them, and they disciple them back into the community. But we also have Darby here that gets them while they're inside. Mm. So Darby gets them while they're inside and gets them ready to go to Bob. Hey, you know what I mean? So the Lord just kind of worked it out here to where we got A, B, C, and get to the big D uh, dedication to the Father. Wow, so, wow. Um, that a boy talk. It's it's a. <laughs> uh, He's always good with stuff. It, like it's that, it's know. awesome. It's just awesome. So so we got Bob here, getting him ready to come back out in the world. But we have got Darby here. The Lord's using Darby to get him ready to get to Bob. So Darby, big Darby, six ten <laughs> and full of muscle. What do you talk to me, Darby? Man, I just tell you what. I'm I'm so blessed. I can't even. Uh, I could spend all day just talking about how blessed I am and how God's worked with me and uh, and showed me favor, grace. Um, I guess a lot of people that listen to this show, when you say my name, know me. Um, and I, I would say a lot of them know the old me. Uh, mm. About the things I was doing, running around selling dope, selling pills, you know, uh, stealing, you know, fighting, all the above, you know. If it was criminal, I was doing it, you know. <clears throat> um, I, I think it's important whenever we uh, – I hear a lot of people talk about moving away from here to get clean and stuff. Yeah, need a change of scenery. <clears throat> I disagree with that. I'll tell you the reason why. Um, you can get drugs anywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I was in West Virginia one time and uh, got drugs there, didn't know anybody. You know, if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. That's what right. I'm trying to say. Um, so here, 
these these guys that whenever I go into Monroe County Jail or Polk County, they know me. If they don't, then go back in the pod and ask a couple guys and don't know who I am. You know, they have all kinds of stories about me. And you know, I lived in jail most of my, in my adult life. Um, so uh, the good thing about it, whenever God changed me and uh, just filled me full of the Spirit. People recognize that. They know what I used to do. Yeah. Yes. Your countenance is different. <clears throat> yes. From, from now, you know, from then till now. I can I can tell that. So. Yeah. So so like you know, people used to know me or, or you know, I've known Roman all my life, just like I have you, Paul. Uh and you know, you, you hear things about me or whatever, and then all of a sudden you see me again now and you can see a new man. Well, I think that that's powerful because uh I could say, let's move to North Dakota. I got to get out of here. I can't be around this. You know, Monroe County is just full of drugs. I just can't be, I can't live here anymore. I know too many people. You know, I'm going to get in trouble here. And we could go out there and we could start a church or we could, you know, get involved in a church or join a church out there, win people to Christ and be doing his work out there. And that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. But if I do it right here in Monroe County where people know me and can see that change in me, mm. they get some curious. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It says, man, what's different about that man? What's different about him? I can see there, there's something going on with him. He's not the same person that he used to be. Yeah. He don't talk the same way he used to talk. Mm. He don't go to the same places he used to go. Yeah. What's you know what different about him? What's different about him? I don't have to go out and witness to them. They right. come to you. Yeah. When you live different and they see a difference in you, they right. want to know what's different about you. They say, hey, Paul, what's going on with you, man? Why, yeah. why are you acting different? Why are you talking different? Why don't you cuss anymore? You know, why are you smiling all the time? Empowered by the Holy Ghost. Right. <laughs> and that opens the door for you to be able to, to express that. So that's wow. the reason I said living in Monroe County, for me, that's where I'm from. I was born and raised in Cold Creek. Um, it's very important to me that you stay where you're from. Wow, Darby. Um, that's deep, man. Well, you know, like I said, I go into, I, I could get told this all the time in my classes. It's called Overcomers. Um, they said, man, this makes a big difference because I know you know what I'm feeling. I know you know what I'm going through. Mm. You've been here. I and mean, I've wore those stripes and I've wore that orange. You know what I mean? I, I've I've lived there. I know what them walls will tell you. You know what I mean? Mm. Um what I mean by the walls will tell you is you you're there by your own, you know, with your thoughts. So uh it can be really powerful and, and you know, the devil's really on you then. You know. <laughs> That's um, true. I, I, I tell the guys all the time, um, but talk a little bit about the program since I went through my history, uh the program's called Overcomers, and uh, it's a 12-step program. It's completely Christian-based. Um, I go into Monroe County Jail is where I have it. I do it Friday from 1 to 3. Uh, i got 10 guys in that class, and uh, Saturday I got 1 to 3. I got 9 guys in that class. And um, I, I'm able to, uh, to talk to them about how to be different. You know, there's no, like, a miracle as far as or information they don't know. You know, we all kind of know how, how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to do. But I just tell them the things that I did that made it different. Like, I started working while I was in there. You know, a lot of guys say, well, I don't have any help. I can't do anything. You can do it on your own. There's many times I got high that I didn't have a dime in my pocket. You know, you uh, you strive and you want something bad enough, you'll get it. That's yeah. the way I believe. Um, I read this verse right here. It says, uh, it's Proverbs fifteen fifteen. It says, "For the despondent, every day brings trouble," and that, that's what that's talking about. It's like if you're pessimistic, pessimistic, and um, you have just a bad attitude, nothing seems to go right for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Everything seems to just pile on, and, and jail is probably one of the worst places for that to happen. 
you know, you'd have a bad phone call with your family because you only get 15 minutes and it's about four or five bucks for that call. Um, so you're, you're sitting there and you know, that can happen. And then, then you got people just on top of you, you know? And, uh, so, so that can really pile on. If you've got a bad outlook on things, things just don't seem to go right for you. And in uh, the last part of that verse, it says for the happy of heart, life is a continual feast. If I got a good attitude and I look at things a little different, it's just a whole uh, pessimistic and optimistic thing about the, the glass half full. Yeah. I only got half of this drink left. Man, I got half this drink left. You see yeah. how different that is? I said the same thing, but the way I said it is completely different. My outlook has changed. All about the approach. Right. Yep. And so uh, I, I think that uh, my past is not a bad thing to have. I, I'm, I'm very, um, I told my parents, I'm very thankful for what I've done. Um, I know that might sound really bad whenever, uh, you know, what I've done, you know, the, the whole criminal activities. I've, you know, I've been arrested over 20 times. Um, I've spent probably about six, seven years in jail total. So you'd say, well, how's that a blessing? Well, it's because you know, God taught me lessons from that. Yeah. And I can uh, I really, really am thankful for what he has done for me. Yeah. And the way he continues to give me opportunities just to share with him. Um, I'll, I'll say that the more that you do for God, the more you'll want to do, the more he fills you up. And what I mean by that is, an example is, you go to church on Sunday morning. That's good. You say, well, I'm just going to preach, and I'm going to hear Roman preach. And uh, that's good. I like it. Then all of a sudden, I want to go on Sunday night. Man, that's that. I'm getting a little more. That's not enough. Then I start going on Sunday school. I'm hearing the Sunday school teacher teach, and I get more information that way. Then I'm doing Wednesday night. Man, that you know, that's just not enough, Roman. You know. And then the next thing you do is you uh, you start listening to worship music, and that's not enough. Then you start having conversations that you have are about God. And yes. then guess what, Paul? That's not enough. And then you <laughs> want to get more involved, and you want to start going to like the jails. Yeah. Or do some type of ministry. And that's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, he'll just continue to fill you up. The more that um, you use for him, the more he'll fill you up. He don't just fill you back up to full. He gives you a little extra. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He fills you up Press a little down, extra. down, overflow it. Right. You know? <laughs> What's that say? The saucer's overflowing? Yeah, so I'm, overflowing. Drink, I'm drinking from the saucer. Right. You know? <laughs> and that's the way I feel, guys, is uh, God has filled me up so much that you know, I, I'm almost drinking all the table. My saucer's even overflowing. You know what I mean? Um, He's lapping it up. Boy. Right. Uh, Tommy, uh, that's that's wonderful, man. And I'm just so thankful for you. Um, I want to say this, too. Um, Darby and I grew up together. Coker Creek boys. Coker Creek right. University. Um, and you have a special bond when you, when you grow up with somebody like that. And, I mean, Darby, you was always the... The biggest kid in school, but you always had the biggest heart. So kind, so nice. And when 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 I saw you out there in the world, Darby, it broke my heart because I knew that wasn't you down deep inside. But that was a path that you had chose. Absolutely. And Darby, as a as a Christian, I've t- I've shared this with you. I felt under conviction to go and and speak to you to go and talk to you, not to condemn you, mm-hmm. not to say, Darby, you know better. All right. You know, and, and I, I, but I didn't know how to do it, Darby. I'll tell you how to do it. I want to, I want to teach this whole world right now how to, how to witness to somebody that's living wrong. Show them love. Yeah. I'm not saying enable that person. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, open your wallet up and give them $500. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like you go and you say, I'm there for you. I love you. Listen, there's nobody that was harder on Darby Fraze than Darby Fraze was. 
You know what I'm saying? My mom and dad wasn't as hard on me, and they were pretty hard on me. My brothers, they were hard on me. But guess what? They didn't come close to being as hard on me as I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like a, uh, a complete failure. Everybody in my family is successful. Everybody, uncles, aunts, cousins, you know, you go through it. My whole family is successful, and here I am, you know, living in trap houses, you know, uh, by my own choosing. When, whenever my aha moment, I guess you would say, was, is uh, you know, I completely fell alone. I mean, you know, mom and dad's always been in my corner, but you know, I completely fell alone as far as in the world. And uh, being shown love right there is what makes the difference. The aha moment also is whenever you realize that I put myself there. God's not necessarily the one that's punishing you all the time. Devil's not the one. We love. We give the devil a lot of credit on that. Yeah. Hey, man, he did this and he did that. No, a lot of times it's just me reaping what you sow, baby. Right. <laughs> right. You know, there, there's there's a uh, temptations um, that the devil puts on, and there's tests that that's what God does to you. You know, to allow you to be tested to right. see where you're at, and that's that's for you. That's not for God. That's to see where you're at, how you'll respond. Like Job, you know, uh, wouldn't it be great to be like Job, to where God says, "Hey, devil, try him out." See how he'll yeah. respond. See, he'll keep praising my name. And mm, um, whenever things happen, we a lot of times go, God, why'd you let this happen to me? That's what I say all the time. Oh, yeah. Why'd you let this happen to me? Well, maybe there's somebody watching you mm. to see how you'll respond to that situation. If I'm a Christian man and things go wrong for me, it tells me in the Bible I'm supposed to plan, uh, count that as a blessing. Yeah. Well, why? Why am I supposed to count that as a blessing? Maybe it's to make me grow. And also, who's watching me? Sometimes I'm the only Bible somebody will read. That's true. Right? Yeah, you're right there. So I can I can stay in my house and I can go to my church, but if I don't go out into the world and show these guys love, like I, I, I can do other things on Friday and Saturday. I want to be in the jail. Wow. That's your I desire. I want to be there. Yeah. Just like, just like Bob, his desire is to, to, to prep these men to get back to their families. Listen to what the Bible says here in Psalms 9, uh, 9 and 10. It says, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble, and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So, so you're giving them that opportunity to know, to know his name. They've been oppressed, and you're giving them that opportunity, Darby. Right. And once they get that opportunity, Bob's teaching them how to seek him. So ultimately, these guys, we, we titled the, the name of the show today, Rescued by the Restored. <laughs> so these guys are being re- rescued by you two guys who have been restored from, from, from drugs and alcohol and a life of addiction and loneliness and, and just a total debacle of everything you touched just went to ruins. Now, I, I struggled with the drugs and alcohol, but I never got to the point to where it just totally ruined me. The Lord, uh, for some reason, had his hand on me and kept me from crossing that line because I remember being at that line, Darby. Yeah. Being at that line, and I knew in my spirit, if I did this, I won't come back. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I faced it. I could tell you, I was in, I was in Evansville, Indiana, and that stuff was laid on the table. Mm-hmm. And I heard the Lord speak to me, if you do this, you won't come back. So I always just dabbled. Mm. Yeah. I just dabbled. I just dabbled. But the Lord ha- had different plans for me. But here's the deal. You went through your testings to have your testimony. Right. So your testimony is the rescue. That spirit that, that's come through who you are and what you've seen and what you've done is what rescues these men. That's why the Lord says, I give a portion of my spirit to each one of you. That's why he says, hey, I will empower you with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit in you 
it's teaching through that test you've been through. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. And Darby, I want to go back to, to what I was saying. Um, it blesses my heart to see you like that, um, that man, you, you're clothed, you're in your right mind. I can see God has restored you. But at the same time now, it even, like, now, here's the thing. I'm a pastor, served God my whole life. I told Bob at the beginning of the, you know, in the pre-show, I've never done drugs. I've never drunk alcohol. That's a blessing. The, the only time, Darby, that I've actually had alcohol was at the garden tomb in Israel when they slipped a little fermented wine in my communion cup. I wish I could have been there to see your face. <laughs> I, was, I bet I was, he thought it burned, you know? I did. I, did. I was like, I was like oh, this is not Welch's. <laughs> it was like, but, it's a little uh, bit different than grape juice, ain't it? it just oh, man. But, you know, it, you know, when you're in Israel, you do what they do. So, uh, and, and that was another thing. But I've never done that stuff, Darby. And I've lived a, a very protected life. It was good. A very sheltered life. Well, it's, it is good. I, I get it. But what that's done, though, is I can't see your perspective on a lot of things. Like, the wonderful thing about you going into the jail, if I went in and I've never touched anything, never done anything... I mean, maybe I can tell people about the goodness of God, but you've lived the goodness of God, right? You've, you've been in the trenches, and you've seen God bring you out of that. And, and God, you have a, a story now. You have a testimony. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senior Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now the continuation of Truth Revival. So God is using your faithfulness, but here's what I want to say. As a lot of, as a lot of Christians, there's a lot of Christians that are just put on they're on pause. They're on hope because they don't know what to do. Like good people who attend church all the time and they don't touch drugs, they don't touch alcohol. They don't know how to relate to somebody. And and Darby, I felt that in my spirit. Now, why am I being so honest and transparent? Because I want to learn from that. Because there's going to be another Darby phrase out there. Mm. Oh, there's plenty and, of them. And Darby, I don't yeah. want to walk by him in a save lot and think, I need to talk to him, but I don't know what to say. Like I don't. I said, the biggest thing, Roman, is just... Just to show love. Like I said, don't enable somebody. I like what you said. I like what you said. And I'm praying for God to give me the courage to go up and say, I'm here for you. Yeah. How you doing today, man? You okay? That, that, that's one yeah. of the biggest things is just just to feel like whenever you're, uh, you get consumed by drugs and alcohol, I, I would I would say, especially for me and the guys I've talked to, uh, you feel alone. You've isolated yourself. I wouldn't answer my phone for yeah. my mom and dad or my brothers. You know, like if my brothers had flat tires or something, they probably wouldn't call me. You know why? They thought I wouldn't answer the phone. They was, they was right. Yeah. You kind of, you, know you, you, you distance yourself. Because uh, if you're around those people, you feel like they're judging you. Right. That, that, you have a chip on your shoulder. I carry that same chip today for all the trash I did. You know, so it's just, it's crazy. 
And it's and, like I tell the guys there in the jail, you know, we, we talk about budgets. We talk about, you know, uh, what to do to get your kids back, you know, take these parenting classes like he's talking about, like the anger management that he's talking about. But let's just start on something simple. Cussing. The way you communicate. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so you're in jail. I tell the guys all the time, if you can be a Christian in jail, you can be a Christian on the outside easy. You know what I mean? Because you're <laughs> surrounded by it. That's true. Every conversation you go to is filth. Right, mm-hmm. you, you you know you go to your cell or whatever. You, you know it's not like a closed off place. You you can still hear things. So uh, let's just say that Paul tells me he's going to stop cussing. He wants to work on it, and I'm in there with him. You know, or you know, you can do this on the outside. Now, if he's engaged in a conversation with you and he's he's cussing, you are just talking filth back and forth. Should I walk up to him and say, Paul, now you know you're not supposed to be cussing. That's not right. You said you was going to quit. You said you was going to be better. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Paul. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> should, is that the way to approach it? Probably Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'll tell you the reason why. He puts that wall up on that. Yes. I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you, Darby. You know what I mean? A defense mechanism. Right. You thought but, I was doing bad. I'm going to show you I'm doing bad. That, that's kind of the way we, I don't know why we're wired that way, but we are a lot of times. It's that flesh. Right. That's that flesh. <laughs> there you go. You, you named it. So what I should do is actually I should go over there, and I, I see you two engaging in, in conversation like that. Paul tells me he's going to stop. All I need to do is tap him on the shoulder. Hey, Paul, come here. I got to holler at you for a minute. Walk away. He's going to follow me. Curiosity. He's going to know what I've got to talk about. So he's going to follow me. Then I can say, hey, man, you said you wasn't going to be cussing anymore. You're better than that. And leave it at that. I'm not only need to be lecturing him. He already knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He don't need to be told what he's doing. And that, Just that, he, But yeah. encourage him. Hey, Paul, you're better than that. That, you can that approach better. is love. Right. Like, you know, that approach is love. And I'm not disrespecting him and, and, or you know, embarrassing him in front of someone. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways of doing that. As far as like uh, talking about, you know, people going into church and stuff. Is that being a Christian – Going to church, yes. That's one of the major parts, right? We should. I, I tell the guys all the time, you should be at Sunday school, Sunday preaching, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We have a lot of Christians that just don't go to church except for Sunday at preaching to hear Rowan preach. That's it. Sunday school's for kids. No, it's not. It's for me. Yeah, it changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole <laughs> really perspective. Did. And, Darby, the, my, my thoughts on that, you know, people say, well, why do I need to go to church so many times? You can't get filled up to prepare for the world. You know, it's like when you sign up for a team, you've got to practice, right? Right. And and the and church is your your training ground. That's where you're learning. That's where you're 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 getting sharpened. Iron sharpens iron. You're growing in your walk with the Lord. Now you can attend, and it become tedious and monotonous and, and mundane. Mundane. But if you get in and say, "Holy Spirit, I'm here. Speak to me, Lord." You know, just like the prophet Isaiah, "Lord, here I am. Send me. Who will I send, and who will go?" God send me. God's saying that every Sunday. Who will I send? Who will go? There's a lot of people saying, well, I know where I'm going. I'm going. He'll, he'll send Roman. He'll send Paul. Yeah. He'll send Bob to do it. He'll send Darby. You know, they sat back. Be a vessel. Man, God will bless you so much when you're willing. Let's talk about going to church, though. How do you go to church? Should I go prepared? Or should I just go because you're prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you, uh, I'm not a preacher, but whenever you uh, get your sermon together, do you study? Mm-hmm. You prepare? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you're studying your Bible, you're praying, you're doing all that stuff. So the thing is, is uh, I need to do that same thing. I need to study, and I need to prepare, and I need to work on getting ready to go to church, getting filled up. 
you know, a, a lot of us Christians, we just we just go to church and we, we expect you to fill us up. Right. I don't need to come prepared. Yes. You're going to do it. That's what Scripture says about that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Yes. If we come expecting, we're going to receive. You know, and uh, Bob, you've been mute over here and it's bothering me a little bit. <laughs> Bob's taking a lot of notes. You're man. taking a lot of notes. So uh, we're talking about going to church. So let's let's say you're full. Your 40 guys are there. What what do you do to get them to service, to get them to fellowship? Do you do you load them all up on Sunday mornings and take them? Do they individually try to go with their families? How do you how do you manage that? Well, we always try to get them to get as many people to go with them as they can. <clears throat> but yeah, we load them up. We have several vans, and we load them up and take them. And I know I love it when you guys come here because there's a couple of guys I know well, they love coming here. You too. know, and I'm like, "What's up, boys?" You know, and, and Bob, I, yeah. let, me, let me say this. You know, because now, now, guys, I, I'm you all are offering one perspective. I'm trying to offer the yeah, other the other absolutely. perspective because that's the dynamic in church. Yes, you have them holy rollers, <clears throat> them people that have never done anything wrong, and they're scared <laughs> to death. You know, oh boy, oh boy, yeah. Like, like I'm, I, Darby, and 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 my brother, I've served <laughs> the Lord for a long time, okay. And I've ta- I've walked on people's porches and invited them to the Lord, and there ain't no telling who they were, or where they from. But God gave me boldness. But I had trouble talking to you because I knew you, mm-hmm. and you were my nose guard, man. Whenever <laughs> I was a you know middle linebacker, and I didn't had to not, keep you clean, you know. You, you took care of me, <laughs> but I didn't know how to share that. And but I've learned from that, and Bob. When the boys from Straightway come in, and they're coming into a foreign environment like a church house, they're really, they're really lowering their guard and allowing themselves to be vulnerable. To say, here we are. That's true, Ron. And so here's how the church should respond. The church should say, "Good to have you today, Welcome. brother Bob. Welcome. Welcome. You know, it's good to see you, men. And there ought to be, there ought to be, however many people in the that. church, people in the church, I'll come and say, hey, it's good to see you today." With a smiling face and joy in their heart, and 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 grant them the right hand of fellowship. But you know what will usually happen though, and and you tell me if I'm wrong. Have you have you ever walked in church and people go, "Oh yeah," they're very aware yeah, of what? their surroundings. They can tell if people loves them or not. They can tell if they're genuine or not because you have to look. Most of us have been con men for many years. <laughs> Absolutely, we we learn how to play on emotions or words and the whole nine yards, but. Uh, yeah, they know when they're loved and, and when somebody's just shaking their hand and kind of turning their head. And they know should, truth. That should be the job. Mm. The, the mm. responsibility of the church is to welcome these men and embrace these men. And you know what? What if somebody says, well, I've been burned by a Darby phrase before. Guess what scripture says about that? We have yeah. to forgive. That's forgive. a hard thing to do is uh, to forgive somebody whenever you, know, you feel like you've been wronged. But you know what? It says if I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. So, you know, you're, you're you're pretty much taking your fate in your own hands there. And I want to hold that grudge. What does a grudge do with, with you, Roman? Uh, whenever you hold a grudge with somebody. It's like a poison. It's a poison. Does it affect them? Oh, no. A lot of times, I would say no. They don't even know that you got a grudge on them. Yeah. Sometimes they do. They're living and you're in bondage. Right. <laughs> and and it, it, it will consume. Darby, you, you see this scar on yep. my leg? You know how I got that? Mm-mm. I wrecked my scooter. Wrecked. A scooter <laughs> got chased by a German shepherd and I, I went off an embankment. My son was on the back of the scooter and I about fell into a barbed wire fence, but the scooter drug me down the road and off the embankment. And when I got up, I literally picked up that, you know, 500, 600 pound scooter and threw it up on the bank. I was so mad. And if I could have laid hold on a German shepherd, mm-hmm. I would have 
I would have pulled all of its legs off. Yeah. And I'm cut up, bleeding. And I get home, and I got this cut. And I thought it was a cut, you know, but I couldn't walk. Oh, I was beat up. I, but I was so angry that this German Shepherd had, had checked, chased me. Right. A couple of days go by, weeks go by. I'm still having problems with this leg. And, uh, and go to the doctor, and the doctor says, uh, well, let's do an X-ray to see if it's broken. I said, it's not broken. I know it's not broken. And if they would have said, well, let's do an x-ray to see if there's anything in there, I would have been like, okay. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They said, let's do, do an x-ray to see if anything's broken. And I thought they were just trying to get money out of me. I was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. But for a month straight. I remember this. A month straight. I had trouble with this leg. And God taught me something through that, Darby, about what you're talking about. I would have to push infection and pus out of my leg. Mm-hmm. I was have I would have to drain my leg, and you talk about gross and nasty. It was I was on antibiotics. I was on all types of things, and I could just literally just almost milk my leg, and infection and pus was just coming out. And I was like, God, why is this not healing? I didn't know there was anything in there at the time. God, why is this not healing? And I struggled for month to walk. I had I kept I kept working my job. I, we, we went camping as a family. Up Indian boundary, imagine tending to an infection like that in Indian boundary, and you can't walk. But we're finally sitting around the campfire, and I've been praying, you know, God, why is this not healing? Why is this not getting any better? And uh, we're sitting around the campfire, and I bent my leg. When I bent my leg, something went whoop, and popped out. And my wife said, oh, my gosh, Roman, there's something in there. And with a pair of pliers, she pulled out, you know, an inch and a half long uh, shard of wood. And I thought to myself, well, I know why that wasn't healing that because there was up. something in there. Yep. And Darby, there's so many people, they're wondering why their life is miserable. They're wondering why they're hateful. They're wondering why they're not healing. I'll tell you, they're usually holding on to a grudge. Yeah. They're usually harboring, harboring unforgiveness. There's usually a reason. I wonder how many husbands and wives, their relationship is damaged. You know why? Because they ain't talking about something. Or friendships that are that have not been mended. Or you, Hey, listen. We're talking about this. I wonder how many uh, church relationships. There are probably people in church that don't like the person they're sitting across from because they haven't aired that grievance. They haven't talked about it. Mm. They haven't got that out. You know, that's one of the things that, Roman, I love about jail. Whenever we're in that classroom, you know, because I take the guys out of the pod and then we bring them into a classroom and we're there, man, it's real. You know why? Because they're wearing stripes. I've worn them too. I know what it's like. They know what it's like. I know they got problems. They're sitting there. You know what I mean? Um, I know they got issues because they got stripes on, right? Mm-hmm. We go to church a lot of times. We see guys in suits and ties Ooh. and, and uh, looking good and their family yes. and their wives in this beautiful dress and their kids are just all dolled up. We think, man, that, Paul don't have no problems. Yep. He's got it all together. Paul's got it all together. He sings out there in the choir and he's ministering. He, he don't have no issues. If he knew what was going on with me, he probably wouldn't even talk to me. That, a lot of times we get like that. That's true, Darby. You're right. <clears throat> and we do that in church so much. Um, you know, the thing about uh, serving the Lord is just be truthful. Yes. You know, we worry so much about what you think of me. Why, why am I so ashamed of God? And what I mean by that is I won't talk about God a lot of times because what will Paul think of me if I talk about God? It's different. Man, well, I, I should be. That should be my main, you know, conversation. If I'm a Christian, I say that I love him like I do. 
I, I didn't show it. Mm. Yeah. I've always strived for transparency in my life, in my ministry, to be transparent and to be genuine. And Darby, you just said something real quick, and it reminded me uh, in James, it says, confess your faults one, one with another mm. so that you'll be healed. Yes. Because when you release that, when you get that out, and 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 Bob, all of that came, you know, from the um, the straightway boys welcoming them into church. We need to we need to welcome those people who are trying to get their life back on track. We need to welcome them into the fellowship. And uh, and Paul, what is you know? Let's just say that old old Darby over there, maybe he has made a mistake of things. Maybe he has it done this. What if he asked you for for your cl- for your coat? What scripture tell us to do? Give, Give me it shirt to him. also. Give him your cloak also. Yeah. What about if he asks you? What if he says, "Paul, I need you to go a mile with me." Go to. You're supposed to go to. In Scripture, that says we ought to. The born again believers, the people who love God, ought to be willing to do not just the bare minimum, but a little bit extra. Extra. And mm. and brother Bob, I can see that you're going a little bit extra. You dedicated your life to helping these men discover God's purpose and plan for their life to helping restore them in their walk with Christ or restore them to God's purpose. I'm thankful for you, brother. It's mm, awesome. Darby, you in, in prison, brother. My goodness. I am reminded of a scripture in Matthew chapter 25. And Bob, I, I sh- we talked about this earlier. You know, Darby, there's some people who've, how many countless Sunday school lessons have they sat through? How many countless sermons have they listened to? How many time, How faithfully have they attended church on Wednesday night? Probably never missed. But nothing. there's nothing in Scripture who's, that, that tells us you need to attend church three times a week, and that's it. <laughs> and G, when, when you get to heaven one day, when you stand before Almighty God, God is not going to look at you and say, you know what? He is there three times a week, just like I planned. You know, <laughs> Matthew 25, listen here. Says verse number thirty-four. Then shall the king say unto them that's on his right hand, "Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world." For I was hungry, I was hungry, and you gave me meat. Mm. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. Bobby said I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer saying, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? When did we ever feed you? Or thirsty and we gave you drink? When was when was you a stranger and we took you in naked or we clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Mm. Amen. And you see, this is what I want to try to encourage all of our church folks that are listening. As a pastor, this is the cornerstone of my ministry. We must be about the Father's business. Absolutely. Discipleship is more than just church attendance. We should be serving. Jesus said, I came not to be served. Darby, there comes a time, brother, where you shouldn't always constantly be served. You need to start doing the serving. Amen. I agree. You need to start picking up that cross and following after the Lord. There comes a time whenever you need to pick up your Bible 
Start reading it for yourself. When you you said it, you you reiterated when you start having that desire, that communion with the Father, and you know what the Lord said? Lo, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> Whoever will open, Amen. He said, I'll come in and I'll sup with him. I'll have I'll have communion with him. You want to have fellowship with God? He's knocking. You want to have deliverance? He'll make a way. Mm. All right. I, I like how you said that. <clears throat> and this verse I've been wanting to read. Uh, I think goes along with that. It says. This is in James 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it not have works, is dead being alone. So I, I can come to church, and I can listen to the, the preacher preach, and I can you know do all that, and I can study my Bible, but if I don't do something with it, yes, what good is it? Yeah. I need to go out there and do works. And I wanted to say this. Not everybody needs to go into the jail. You know, not everybody needs to open a, a home for, for guys to go into, or, or you know, rehabs. Not everybody needs to be a pastor. Thank God we all have different jobs. Yes. And I, I truly believe, I'll never forget, I was sitting on my front porch um, about a year and a half ago. And I was talking to John Miles, which is a great, great, great friend of mine. And he says, uh, I told him, I said, man, I've been praying. And I just, in my gut, I feel God's got something big planned for me. I don't know what it is, but he's got something big planned for me. And you know what? Uh, I was standing on the side of the road whenever uh, Tommy Jones asked me to, to come into the jail and teach the class. You know, I was telling him about what God's done for me. I was telling him and Bobby DeSanto about that. And uh, I said, you need to have classes in your jail too. And he says, well, why don't you come teach it for me? Sometimes we're not willing. We we think we are. <laughs> Talking that game. And then he says, hey. <laughs> yeah. Then, then he lays it there. You know, are you willing to actually do what he's wanting you to do? Man, it was out of my comfort zone, Paul. No, I never taught. Yeah. yeah. I never taught nobody. You know what I mean? Not, I I was farthest away from teaching somebody anything good, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, I, you know, he wants me to hold a class. I don't know if I, God, I don't know if that's what I need to be doing. You know, I've never done that before. Well, see, that's the thing is, God, get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be a willing vessel. Good, hey, whenever man. he calls you, yeah, go. We Quit talk- doubting it so much. Pray and say, God, this is really what you want me to do. Yeah. And then go with it. We talked about that in the last episode with Scott. Send me. You know, it's like, here I am. God, send me, Lord. And then, and then the door opens and we say, well, let, let me pray about that. Yeah, I don't know. God, I'm just uh, praying that you'll give me opportunities, Lord, that you'll enlarge my coast, Lord, that you'll this. And then the, the door opens and we say, uh, well, hang on a second. Let me uh, let me see what the Lord has to say about that. When If we're praying and we're the Bible says a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And if you're walking in that way and that door opens by faith, you walk through it. Mm. In mm. Jesus' name, you walk through it. So, um, man, I tell you what, I have really enjoyed this episode today. But let's try to land this plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, well, listen, you've already set a fire on me, and I'm about to go give to these guys at jail. They're, I don't know if they're ready for it or not, you know? Hey, well, he, he, he's over there just quaking. Vibrating. My, my dad would say, he's a Quaker. Oh, <laughs> he's <yeah>. quaking. <laughs> well, um, well, Darby, I also want to um, encourage you. We got... Of course, I don't know if you're allowed to take stickers or anything like that, but you know, encourage those men in the jail. I don't know if they're able to listen to phones or podcasts or anything like that, but um, they're, they're not. But um, like but what I do for them or whatever, or um, what God's allowed me to do for them is I buy a Bible, a study Bible, just like this um, for every one of the guys that's in my class, um, and then. Uh, there's a there's a big need for Bibles inside the jail, and um, if, if people are, are you know would want to help with something like that, you know I'm 
I can definitely get them out there, you know. Um, guys ask me for bottles all the time. I, I get them a study bottle for the guys in my class because, you know, they're, they're giving me 15 weeks. Um, so I, I feel like uh, God wants me to give them a study bottle and show them how to use it. You know, we, we do a lot of that is how do you use a bottle? Yes. You know, and um, I don't think that – we we just assume yeah. Paul knows how to read. He knows how to study, and he knows how to do this. And oh, Bob, he's got this going on, and he knows how to read. We need to show yes. people how to read and and learn and, apl- and then apply it. Right. We we just we assume too much about people know this or know that. You know, this is something that blows my mind. You're talking about how many Sunday school lessons or you know sermons have you listened to? You know, there's guys that's been in my class that don't know the story of David and Goliath. I mean, they know David killed Goliath. They know, you know, Goliath was big and David was small, and that's it. Never heard a story. Wow. It's mind-blowing, ain't it? That but is. There's a lot of people that just don't know it. But we we went through the story and everything, and they was just blown away. Darby, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to get, and you're, you're helping me land this plane. There's so many Christian people who stayed in their holy huddle, they're pro- they're protected zone. Holy huddle, I love, I love that. that. They they're, they they go to church every week and they say, "Don't bother me," but I love Jesus. You know, don't ask me to care for the sick. Don't ask me to care for the widows. Don't ask me to care for the orphans. Don't ask me to help in the prisons. Don't ask me to do this. Don't ask me. But I love Jesus, and we're going to sing just as I am, and we're going to listen to sermons. Let me tell you something. You want to know who Jesus harassed the most in his ministry? The religious crowd, yeah, yeah, okay, because they had become so self righteous. And he told the Pharisees, he said that your your walls, you're like a great white wall, beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. Mm. How many churches are beautiful on the outside, but they're full of dead, just dead, empty, cold churches? There, there ought to be love in the house of God. And man, I'm continuing to learn in my faith. This is inspiring me as a pastor. Darby, just my encounter with you. You know, you have blessed me. And I think you're giving me a little too much credit, Robin. Well, I'm thankful for you, brother. It's a God in you, brother. It's yeah, a God in you. It's, it's, right. it's got in And Bob, you know, you have been such a blessing to me. Um, I didn't know who Bob Hampton was two years ago. I didn't know your story. But because of your faithfulness, I can see what God is doing in your life and when you bring three van loads of men, <laughs> yeah, that's a testimony mm. that the Holy Ghost is all over you and God is blessing your ministry. And so I want to continue to encourage you. And and Darby, I want to continue to encourage you too. So um, we'll let you guys give some closing thoughts and then uh, Paul will, uh, he'll land the plane. He'll, he'll, he'll close us out. So um, Darby, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Bob and then Paul. Uh, cl- closing thoughts. Um, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to come here and, and share my story, uh, share what you know God's allowing me to do. Uh, I want to encourage people just to just be willing, you know, be that willing vessel. That way, uh, God continues to to work. Um, I feel like a lot of times we handcuff God's power. What I mean by that is because we're we're not robots. Mm. Um, and and you know, you just talk about people being in church not doing much besides going to church you know that's very important stuff but you know going to church that's gets us ready for going out into the world and if you're not going to church your area needs to be in church yes you know what i mean <laughs> and, and i don't mean just sunday to hear preaching i'm talking about sunday school you know i probably uh, like the the sunday night 
or I mean the Wednesday night service or Sunday school, my church the, the best because we have a Bible study. I can ask questions. You know, if I don't know what this verse means, Paul, I can say, can someone explain that or go a little farther into that, Roman? Whenever somebody's preaching, I don't know uh, why we don't do that, but you know, I can't really just say, hey, Roman, would you back up? Tell me what that means. You know, <laughs> I've been like, hang on, Darby, I'm going somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> yeah, so they're for, you know, Sunday school, and I think uh, like Bible studies and stuff are very important. You know? I agree. And, and um, you know, we just focus on, hey, if I go to Sunday, you know, Sunday preaching, that's enough. It's not enough. Going three times a week is not enough. You know, we need to be working out in the world also. You know, just be willing and um, have God do what you want, want them to do, you know. Amen, man. Well said, Darby. Brother Bob, closing thoughts. Well, I'm happy for the guys at the jail because this guy's got all kinds of energy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's a blessing to see somebody on, on fire for Jesus. Uh, as far as the jails go, I'm uh, I'm happy people gets to go because most of the time the guys have always told me and myself, I always would listen to somebody who had walked in my shoes a little bit better mm-hmm. while I was in there, especially when in prison, and uh, somebody had been there. I don't know, it just meant, meant more to me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because if they had been through the pain and the drug addiction, I would always seem, you know, be able to listen to them a little more. And I tell the guys all the time, you know, your, your walk is your testimony. I mean, you don't have to get up and be a preacher, teacher. That's you know, right. But, you know, especially if you've been on drugs for a long time, and everything you do, people's going to be watching you and looking at you and, and you know, just being a good dad, uh, a good husband, a good brother, a good friend. You know, that's something that's new to them. But... God will change us. When God gets a hold of us, he changes us from the inside Boom. out. Mm. And if the insides change, that makes me think about what you was talking about by the cussing because the, there's a phrase that uh, old Doug Sager used to say all the time, uh, if your tongue can't be tamed, your heart can't, hasn't been changed. That's right. And <laughs> I know when I was in my early 20s and I, first time I got saved, I mean, well, only time I got saved, but... I got saved, and then I was still saying a few cuss words. And I went up to this preacher and said, hey, I mean, I just don't understand. You know, man, it just hurts me inside when I'm doing this, and I don't know why I'm doing it. I said, I don't want to do it. He said, well, listen, son. He said, how long you been doing that? I said, well, all my life. He said, well, God can do anything instantaneously. But, you know, it might just be that, uh, you know, you've been doing it so long, it's, it's a habit. And eventually, when you do it, you'll start catching yourself. Yeah. And if it's, if it really bothers you, and then eventually, you'll be able to catch yourself before you say it, instead of repenting for saying it. And then before long, it's it's history, and it's it's all the way behind you. But it's got to be an inside job. Mm. Um, I think about the guys. The reason I do what I do is because I. I Going this just briefly, because uh, I did twelve years in prison, and and more years uh, waiting to go. And uh, every time I would get out, it would be the same old thing. You know, had to start all over. Nobody wants to go. Men don't want to go live with their families if they could help from it. 
uh, with a mom or dad, especially, you know, or brother, sister, whoever they got. And uh, it was always hard because if you didn't have any help, and it wasn't like it is now, uh, so many jobs available, and so many times people go back to the same old routine, the same old friends, because they're having a hard time. And that's why we started Straightway Ministries, so the guys could get a good start. I mean, get a job, get on their feet, and be able to live a normal life. And we have to remember, it's it's not a normal life. It's not normal to them. They have to retrain themselves, yeah. just like they have to have their mind renewed. Mm-hmm. It's not just easy. It's so much easier for them to go back the other way, but... Because that's what we know we've done in most of our adult lives, you know. We put that Jesus, we put Jesus uh, in our hearts, and I, I hear people say just like you was talking about people going to church. But if until a person uh, gives up his will and then does God's will, he's not going to see much change because you can love Jesus, say I know Jesus, and carry a big old Bible everywhere you go. But if you're still doing your will, then you're your God, you know? And, and when you start to do mm. his will, and myself personally, I never got better until I realized, you know, I, I wondered what was wrong with the whole world. What's wrong with this bunch? Why are they like that? Why, are, you know, but then I, I finally noticed one day that there was one com- common denominator with all the issues and problems that surrounded me, and it was me. And that's what we teach the guys. Uh, you know, you, you've got to make the conscious decision. Are you going to be your own God or are you going to follow God, the creator Ooh. of the world? And uh, and learn how to love again. Learn how to uh, be loved. Mm, I mean, yeah. because a lot of times people will actually sabotage the relationships and, and they'll do all kinds of different things because... You know, the devil's calling. He's out there. We tell him, he's waiting on you. The drugs are waiting on you. All your old friends are waiting on you, you know, if that's what you want. But if that's not what you want, let's open this book because it's infallible truth. Yes. We open this book, let's retrain ourselves how to live. Mm -hmm. And some people don't want it, and there's nothing you can do about it until they decide that they want to change. We're spinning our wheels. But Jesus says, go. He said, hey, I'd like for you guys to go out and make some disciples. That'd be a pretty cool thing if you did it right now. <laughs> yeah. He says, go. Yeah. That's a command. So that's what we have to do. We have to pick up our cross and we have to follow him. Hey, I, I can't do anything else but tell people about Jesus. If the world crumbles down around me, I'm still going to be talking about Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Bob, that was very well said. You... uh you mentioned just something in there, and I want to revisit that. You said something about a normal life. Well, I want y'all to know something. I'm the king of normal. <laughs> like, I am just as basic and plain and as normal as they come. But I want y'all to know something. I still have troubles. I still struggle. I, me and my wife still argue. There's times I don't always get along with people. There's times people will cut me off while I'm driving down the road. There's times that, you know, I'll have this or I'll have that or I'll, I'll get angry. I don't know that there is a normal life, Bob. You know, there's, there's, see, that, I think that's maybe the illusion that the, that the enemy gives us. 
Well, you know, if you'll just get your heart right and get right with God, then you can be like this person. And then they're, they're trying and they're in it and they're really trying to get right with God. They're like, why is all this stuff not going wrong? Here's what I want to say. Welcome to the club. Welcome to life because it's messy and it's not always perfect. And it's, we don't live in Mayberry. Mm. Life is not easy and it's not always clean cut and pretty. We live in a fallen world. I'll tell you what, though, living a Christian life is Mayberry compared to the lifestyle we used to live. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's uh, because, uh, you know, I know living in a trap house and, in a, you know, selling dope and worrying about people, you know, shooting you or, you know, all kinds of different things. This lifestyle is a lot easier than what it is living the other lifestyle. And, you know, we make things too difficult. Yeah. We make living as a Christian man or woman difficult. It's not difficult. You know, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you got God on your side. You got a teammate. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And then we got church family, and we got people that believe. And if I got an issue going on, I need to come to you and say, hey, will you pray with me about this? But our pride gets in the way. Yeah. We let our pride, especially us men, us men are the worst. I don't want to ask for help. I've got this. Perfect example is I don't have a little boy, but uh, my little boy fell down. If I had one, I, you know, I tell him, hey, dust that knee off. Come on, you're all right. Toughen up. I tell you what, bro. Whenever my little girl falls down, they mm. come here, baby. I pick her up and I hold her. I let her cry as long as she wants. But we teach guys, hey, you, you got to have that pride. You got to be tough. You know, what I mean, you you can't ask for help and you, you can't do these things. This is uh, something he's, Bob was talking about surrender. I wrote this because you know I had a hard time, Paul, with surrendering. Mm. I don't know that we're going to close up, but I, this is just what page long. Yeah, so. we're trying to land the plane and Darby's taking back. I'm about to take it back off. You he's know what I mean? Circling back around. <laughs> And I went to church all my life. I was raised in church. I've always had preachers say, bring your problems to God and leave it there. So I took that as go to God in prayer and tell him your problems and let God fix them. Unfortunately, that didn't seem to work for me. Was I not close enough to God? Was I praying wrong? I could not seem to figure surrendering out. I was praying and I was studying for God to reveal to me um, I believe surrendering means. The preacher was right about bringing your problems to God but not just to leave them there and forget about them and think that they're God's problems now. I have to surrender my will. My will is my way, the way I want to do things. I take my problem to God and surrender my will and tell God, here's my problem, I surrender my will the way I want to do it. I'm ready to do things your way. And sometimes that's hard to do, guys, is is Mm. wanting to do it the way God wants us to do it. But the great thing is God takes it a step further and says, I will help you out with this problem. I will show you how to solve it. And I will be there holding your hand and uh, guiding you through it. Since I turned my will over to God, my life has been so much better and easier I could have ever imagined. God has taken my addictions away. God has repaired my relationships that I had destroyed with my family, my mother, my father, my my brothers, you know, um, friends. God is forgiving and loving God. Please don't wait as long as I did to turn your life around. God has a wonderful life planned for each of us if we just choose to follow him. Boom, Darby. Thank you for sharing that. And and Bob, I, you know, again, I want to encourage our listeners out there, especially all of our men, you know, they talk about rehabilitating a, a person and, and reintroducing them into society. Well, listen, life is not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Even, mm. even if you're living for the Lord, you're still going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble and you're going to fall. And there's a proverb, Proverbs 24, verse 16. 
It says, for a just man falls seven times, and he rises up again. Yeah. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. So here's, here's the thing, guys. If you fall, make sure you fall on Jesus, and he'll lift you back up again. Because if you're o- if you're only pursuing your desires, eventually it's gonna you're gonna come up empty. Yep. My favorite scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, it says, "And we know that all things work together for good." Darby, all of those things that you went through, God had a plan and a purpose. He worked it out for good. Look at you now, mm-hmm. okay, Bob. All of those things that you went through, God's working it out for good. And all those men that you guys are are with. God is still God is working even in the even in the midst of chaos. Guess what? When Moses crossed the Red Sea, guess where God was at? Right in the middle of those waters. Mm. When the children of Israel had to walk across the Jordan, guess where God was? At? Guess where the ark was? The ark was right in the middle of the water. When the uh, the three Hebrew boys got thrown into the fire, where did they find the Lord? In the fire. Right in the fire. So wherever you're at. God is with you in the battle. He's with you in the chaos. He's he's with you in the hurt, in the pain. He's there. You'll find him if you look for him. But it says, but them that are called according to his purpose. God has a higher purpose for each one of us. Seek that out. Amen. Find God's purpose for your life. And that's where you'll find the greatest joy, the greatest f- fulfillment. Paul, land this plane. I-, I could go on again because Bob said something earlier earlier there that just totally ripped me up. Do we need to take back off again? We, <laughs> take back off, Paul. I, I just want to say, we have to learn how to be loved. As men, and even Darby alluded on this, as men, we're trained to be tough, to, to show our grit, to not show any emotion, to not cry, just to be hard. By gosh, I'm a man. And we've got to learn how to be loved. And, and, and my birthday's in like 10 days. Bob, and I don't know, and I'm being serious, man. If I really know how to be loved, I understand Jesus loves me. I understand he died for me. I get all that, and I I try to live for him. I try to do for him, but I don't know if I really know how to let go and truly be loved. Mm -hmm. So when you said that, man, it... It daggered me. So I want to, I want the Lord to to let me learn how to be loved. I really do. And I appreciate that. So I'm going to land the plane after I've confessed what I really feel in my heart. And, and, and I think if I can get to that place, everything in my life will change from A to Z. I really do. And, and, and as a man who's followed the Lord a long time, that's hard to admit, man. Mm-hmm. But it's it happened today here. I want to know. I want to know the the fullness of that. I want to know that because when I know that, I will truly understand the power of His resurrection. Bottom line. So let's land this plane. I could fly. I want to take back off. We can keep going. We can go. <laughs> go Come on, take back maybe, off, Paul. We can go. Maybe we so, could just do a part two. You know, We'd uh, definitely love to have you guys uh, yeah, back. So. so I'll probably just keep going, you know, but um, rescued by the restored. Roman texted me yesterday, and and that immediately popped to my mind, rescued by the restored. Listen to these key figures in the scriptures that were rescued. And they were rescued for huge ramifications to save their country, to save their people, 
to save their town, to save, to get back what the enemy stole and God was giving it back to him. Listen to this, Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel in the fiery furnace. He was saved and rescued to show his people, we are not going to bow to this foreign God and this foreign people. We, we've got a God to honor and a God to serve. He was rescued for that. Jonah in the well, he was rescued so the people of Nineveh would know to repent and give their life to Jesus. Rahab, the prostitute that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. She was rescued because they were coming back to take back Jericho. What the enemy is told, they were coming back to get it. And the one that I've never thought about, the man with the unclean spirit, he was living in the tombs. He was an outcast. You guys were outcasts. You were living in the tombs. You were living in the trap house. You didn't want to be around nobody. God cleaned this guy up so the town would say, hey, he's different. Mm -hmm. You think he went away? He stayed where he was at. He stayed in his Monroe County. Yeah. And he was rescued. Right. He was rescued. Listen to the scripture, and I'm going to leave you alone. Psalm 66, 8 through 12. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept our soul among the living? Even when we were in those trap houses, even when we were walking, walking dead, he kept our soul with the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our back. You let men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Mm. <laughs> That's going to do it for today, folks. My name is Roman Hamilton. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're at Truth Revival 37385. We're on pretty much every major platform. Bob, thanks for coming in. Happy I, to be here. We enjoyed that. Darby? And it's so good to see you. It's so good to see y'all too. Thanks and, for having me. And I've got to have, I got to go with you. Yeah. One day, right? Well, come on, let's go today. Uh, whoa. No. Get some. <laughs> come on, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, I got to pray about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I got wife and kids and everything to oh, take yeah. care of. Oh, oh, oh. I don't Let know. the I, dead bury the dead, Rome, for the love of Jesus. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. I guess you're going to find out if I win. This has been Truth Revival. My name is Roman Hamilton for Paul Chapman. We're out of here.